0: All right, guys. So for this podcast, I have Chef Valerie on. She is a celebrity chef, um, as well as the first female executive chef for Yamashiro uh, in Los Angeles. And if you haven't checked that out, you need to go over there. It's it's one of the places with the best views and the food is amazing and everyone takes care of you. And it's it's honestly a whole vibe. And there's a lot of history. A lot of history behind that, but with this podcast, you're going to be able to get to see the mindset of, of Valerie and and what it takes to realize your true potential um, of what you can become. And she's a perfect example that it doesn't matter at what stage you are in your life. So I hope you guys really enjoy this podcast.
1: Um, it's been crazy. We've uh, you know it's the we're preparing for Mother's Day, so. Mm-hmm. The restaurant's getting crazy, so it's basically getting up, going to work, coming back home, going to bed, and repeating the whole thing this whole entire week.
0: What do What do your hours look like over there? Is Are you working 40, 50? Is, is it more than
1: that? Wow. Uh, more than that? More than that? <laughs> <laughs> it, it's just been, you know, with the, with the whole reopening and mm. people are excited to go out, I mm. think everybody just wants to celebrate life again and kind of go back to whatever we call normal because you know for the past year we're all cooped up inside the house or so we're afraid to go out mm-hmm. and you know mm-hmm. it's it's now you we see a lot of reservations we see a lot of families getting together and then mm-hmm. they haven't seen each other for over a year so it's it's a, a celebration uh, for everybody
0: definitely I saw what you posted on um, I think somebody uh, you shared it but for Cinco de Mayo it looked really cool I was like wow I should have gone on that mm-hmm. day
1: yeah, I mean, it's a, it's our version of Cinco de Mayo. We had some, you know, Asian tacos. We had some margaritas, but mm-hmm. uh, it, it's picking up. It's uh, We're trying to do our best to let everyone know that, you know, we are here. And uh, we do take safety precautions as far as people who are still afraid to go out. Mm-hmm. But uh, we just, you know, not only for our guests, but for
0: our employees as well. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, definitely. I mean, it seems like you guys do like a great job like respecting everything that's going on like with the circumstances but you guys are making it like a really like great environment from especially from what i saw when i went and i want to thank and i, w- I actually want to tell you this right now thank you so much for um for just being there and 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 taking care of our night and just making it so much better so i don't want to say that on, on behalf of uh of me and the person i went with so thank you oh you're welcome
1: how was your night it, did it, you
0: enjoy it? it was really good um oh my god i left so bloated but so happy <laughs>
1: I know you guys ate the whole
0: thing. <laughs> I know. I didn't think we were gonna do it because I, I was already full but like like I guess like the first hour or two that I was there. I was like I don't think I could do anything more, but then like as more time passed, I was like oh, I will have a little bit more room. <laughs> well, I,
1: I paced both of you guys out, so hopefully you guys were able to devour every
0: course that was sent out. Uh, we did, and then uh, we ended up getting two desserts too. <laughs>
1: That's right. Yes, you guys got two different
0: kinds of desserts. Yeah, I was like, I did not expect that. But it was a great night, and and I want to thank you so much on that. So um, I I know I remember we talked about this when I saw you in person, but I guess this was a really nice story, and I wanted to hear it from um, your end so people can hear it. How was your first experience working at Yamashiro now that you're the head chef over there, right? You essentially manage every single thing that's going on.
1: Yeah, um, my first year that I, well, when I, you know, when I spoke to you last time, it, I was actually brought in as a executive pastry chef. Mm-hmm. So my my duties and responsibilities were not as much as it is now. Basically, I was in charge of um, making the pastries and recreating a whole pastry line for the restaurant. Because, as you know, I told you that when my very, very first experience with Yamashir was my first date with my husband mm-hmm. over 20 some years ago. Mm-hmm. And so to be able to be hired as a, a executive pastry chef and to create wonderful memories with couples and families, it was uh, an exciting experience for me. And then fast forward forward to a year later, actually, it's actually six months into my employment with uh, Yamashiro, we had the pandemic, mm-hmm. that we closed, and trying to um, keep a restaurant that is basically a uh, uh, scenic uh, view kind of restaurant mm-hmm. in a to go box was difficult. And going through two closures and reopening and then finally getting the executive chef title, it's a lot of responsibility. It's, mm-hmm. it's very scary, especially for a woman coming to the in- industry that's mainly dominated by men. Mm-hmm. You know, we are often judged by, well, she's making things out of her, you know, she's making judgments out of her emotions, but, you know, mm-hmm. it's trying to push away, push through all that and just being looked upon as a chef, not by my gender has been difficult, but Mm -hmm. the company has been supportive as far as, you know, backing me up and Mm -hmm. being there for me at the times that I needed. I mean, there's still challenges that we have to face, but you know, I'm not someone who's going to just give up and say, okay, that's it. I'm done. Mm -hmm. I'm going to keep pushing forward and to make sure that I succeed in whatever I do.
0: Mm-hmm. And, and I really like that and I think whether you're realizing it or not you're you're creating role models for, for people that are looking to get into a male dominated industry because yes. I mean the times are changing right I'm like it's not just how it used to be it's it's not one way or another I'm like people can carry their own weight and and uh, I think the only, the only thing to blame now at this point in time if there's still any is just ignorance but I think the whole the societal norms thing is slowly changing little by little. There are things that I don't think will change anytime soon. Um, but right. but such as like this in particular, I think you're setting up the scene for something, something better in the future where you were. I, I hate to say it because it's, it's so like ignorant that. You, that people aren't respected based on their gender, but where someone won't be judged, where someone will be able to go ahead and take care of what they need to take care of. And I think that's amazing. And and that's another reason why I wanted to get you on here as well, because I mean, that's, 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 you don't, like you said, it's a male dominated industry, so you don't really see many, many people like yourself in your position when you, when you started off, how, how, how long was the process to becoming um to where you're at now? Well,
1: normally um, the process Usually takes longer than mm-hmm. that. Um, you really have to prove that you have what it takes. Mm-hmm. When I was in t- when I was hired, they did not know that I had a culinary background that I went to school mm-hmm. to become a chef. Um, so you know, as, as women, you know, uh, we our place is supposed to be in the kitchen, right, to mm-hmm. cook for the families, but never in the kitchen of a restaurant where you serve guests or people. So m- to be given that title was uh to me it was it it was an accomplishment and Mm -hmm. it it made me feel that i i i you know accomplished something but normally because of the pandemic you know we everyone had to be let go and um i was the last i was the last manager hired and i was the last manager to be asked to stay Mm -hmm. and um, this was my very first restaurant that i've ever uh took charge and Mm -hmm. kind of um It's a big responsibility. I've catered before, and it's a lot different because, you know, uh, come on, Yamashira, everyone knows what Yamashira is. Everyone, when they say Yamashira, you're like, oh, there's always a memory. So Mm -hmm. it it was kind of, it was, I was scared to take on that responsibility. But as they, you know, the company um, uh, trusted me to do, to run the restaurant, Mm -hmm and having a great staff that works with me uh, made it a lot easier but no there's still challenges especially with you know wearing masks in the mm-hmm. kitchen and it's it's very hot there so a lot of those challenges making sure that everyone has gloves making sure we follow the new protocols it's a lot mm-hmm. tougher now and um to have to be given that title you know in a short amount of time mm-hmm. i question myself am i ready what if i fail you know mm-hmm. all those doubts go in your head but just to be po- to stay positive and having the support of my family really helped
0: mm-hmm. how um in regards to overcoming those doubts is there anything in particular that motivate you or or inspire you to get through through all like all like the nervousness because for me i still like e- even like with something like as this or creating content me personally like i i still do get nervous but it's like i don't know if it's like this for you but it's like when i'm doing it i'm not so much nervous it's maybe like leading up to it where i'm like really like the most anxious at least for me
1: for me um because i've always been a stay-at-home mom mm-hmm. my upbringing was my mom would always my, my parents would never let me go out with friends mm-hmm. so my parents would always invite my friends to go over to the house and mm-hmm. she would make these elaborate big dinners for our friends and my friends would call my parents mom and dad Mm -hmm. and as i grew older and i had my kids i did the same thing i would you know i would invite their friends over and they turn around call me mom and um i look at the restaurant the way i do my job as it was my home Mm -hmm. i'm inviting guests to come in and dine with me Mm -hmm. so the whole nervousness it was it was scary at first because you know you're like okay are they going to like my food? I had all these great chefs behind mm-hmm. me. They had all these amazing experiences and I had these amazing dishes. What do I have to bring? How do I differ from everyone else? But the confidence that I got or that I still have is my family, mm-hmm. um, the people that uh, support me, the company, and the whole attitude of, you know, you're throwing a party for your guests and your friends and just mm-hmm. watching them. You know, enjoy their food. And Mm -hmm. anytime you are around a dinner table, it's always an exciting experience. So that's Mm -hmm. the way I look at it. I mean, I still do get the jitters, especially if you have a high end client coming in, Mm -hmm. it's still scary. Mm -hmm. But I get to wake up every day and go to a job that I enjoy, that I love. Mm -hmm. And I get to make uh, or give people an experience when they come to the restaurant. So Mm -hmm. That kind, that basically takes away the fear, anxiety Mm
0: -hmm. that I have. I think. I think that's a, that's a really, really great way to look at it. It's like, yeah, it's like, it's, it's your family and you're taking care of them. And that's, I I swear, that's literally like the the feeling I got. Like when I saw you, like, I I mean, you're just like, so like warm and then confident at the same time. It's a really weird mix, but I can (laughs) tell that it's like, it's, it's taught you to like stand up where you're at kind of to like. Uh, Embrace the position you're in because you're you're a woman in a male-dominated Industry, you know, but you but like that's the thing I like about you a lot too from when I met you Like you never let like the that kindness in you like disappear because I know it's it's easy to let that go Especially when when people are under underestimating or undermining you if that makes sense Yeah,
1: well, you know what someone asked me the other day, you know um, They said, you know, you're always nice Mm -hmm. and I responded well with, you know, being nice shouldn't have to be an option. You know, mm. there's no reason why we should not be nice to anybody, whether mm. they're upset at us or there's a dispute. You know, kindness has always needs to be there at all times. You know, mm. um, I know we get frustrated. I know that sometimes, you know, I can get overwhelmed at work, but I don't want to make any, like anything that happens at work or anything happens in life, and I don't want that to result mm. in me being bitter or being upset or being angry with anybody because, mm. you know, life's too short, especially now with the pandemic, there's no need for us to be angry. There's no need to be uh, for us to be mean to anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's just kindness should always be the first thing that we have. There's no reason for us not to be kind. You know, mm. we should all work together and, you know, embrace what we have because life's too short. I mean, we've lost so many family with COVID and I just, you know, I, I don't see any other reason why we need to be mean to one another especially with everything going on with all the hate in this world there's mm-hmm. no need to have that
0: Mm-hmm. i i completely agree and and like i said that's something that i really admire about you and that's like something that's like always been my goal um it's just for for myself in the future like i don't want to lose that kindness because i've mentioned this on the podcast before i don't want to become someone who's all like all about the corporate life, and they don't really have like that much emotions. Especially like as a man, you're kind of like pushed to like toss your emotions away. It's like, oh, mention yeah. have feelings, like keep that in, like. And if you're not, you're like a bitch, you know. So like, there, there's our, true. Mm-hmm. And, and like I get that, and and I and I and I respect that to some extent, I guess. Um, but at the same time, people are still humans, and and I don't want to lose like the like that kindness, that touch. You know, I don't want to become like um what's that duck's name from uh the grumpy guy the greedy one do you remember who i'm talking about uh, which,
1: which one <laughs> uh
0: it's a it's from a disney movie he's uh oh, I, yeah i know you're
1: talking about yeah uh, I know he had the glasses that
0: he became rich like kind of like that i'm not yeah, trying yes, to yes yes
1: that yes the rich uh, grumpy duck yes, yeah
0: that you're talking about. <laughs> that's like the perfect example of like most people that like i see that are older in the future they're rich but like they're cold and i'm like that's not what i what i want to be uh but yeah <laughs> let, let me ask you this as well um I, I, how has the i guess the pandemic changed you because obviously we were forced to to be enclosed for about a year a year or so with some intermissions in between from when they like kind of were lax on the lockdowns um did you do anything to improve yourself or or was it like a tough time getting by mentally because i, I kind of want to hear your perspective on that
1: well, I have you know, I have I, my I have a younger kid. He's mm. uh, 15 years old, so he mm. I've watched him uh, go through the whole issues with social distancing and not going to school. So mm. having him to learn from home, and although you know he does play uh, com- with his computers and he game, he's a gamer and talks with uh, all his friends online. It's it's just it was tough because you know, you send your kids to school and to have a social life and now they're home and, you know, they start getting depressed. Uh, so it's, it's trying to, it was trying to basically give him some kind of normalcy, which I don't know what normalcy it was for him, mm-hmm. being there for him. But at the same time, I still work during the t- pandemic. I, mm-hmm. I didn't stay home. So if you think that I, now that I'm working a lot of hours, I worked a lot of hours then too as mm-hmm. well. Um, when we were shut down, You know, I didn't have that lapse of one week we're closed and we will uh, reopen and reassess what we can do. It was Mm. basically go, go, go. Let's keep the restaurant relevant. Let's Mm. keep it going. We want people to know that we're still here, that we haven't given up. And so my mind never stopped. My body never stopped. I just kept going and going. And um, I did, you know, I was able to have a couple days off with my family to spend some time with them. But I've always been in the mode to where, you got to keep going. You got to keep motivating yourself. You don't want to sit down and start feeling, okay, I can't do this. Mm-hmm. Uh, because when I start doing that, then I, I lose hope and I lose that momentum. And for me, at this stage in my life, you know, with my kids all grown, I, I didn't want them to think that, oh, mom is done. She's not doing anything. So we're not going to do the same. We're going to do the same thing. We're not going to keep going. So I it was more... Showing my kids that look, there is a pandemic. It is scary, mm-hmm. but you know we're here as a family. We got to keep going. We can't let this stop us. So mm-hmm. I, I just kept going, and I was scared. Uh, there were times where you know I thought I, you know, I had a cough or a sore throat. I thought, mm-hmm. oh my god, I have it. You know, yeah. it's, it's all those mind games with <laughs> yeah. you, and and it was, you know, it, it's just, but just keeping the faith and you know having that momentum to keep pushing. That you know eventually there will be an end and right now you know we're coming to that Mm
0: -hmm. but
1: um i just i just didn't want to give up on myself or my family Mm
0: -hmm. i think that's a really refreshing perspective that a lot more people need to have um this is probably going to be a little bit of a harder question but is is there is there any um any experiences that in particular that made you become that way? Because from what I've seen, so I'm a natural like wanderer for the most part. Um, So I I, I tend to walk around like pretty much everywhere and anywhere I can because I I, I always tell this to all my friends. I'm basically just an old man in a young person's body. It just (laughs) it relaxes me like I just feel good. So and I, I just like exploring. That's like my version of like having fun. But everywhere like I went, like whenever it was maybe like people were taking out the trash, trash bins were like more filled with like uh, so much alcohol than compared to what i had seen like in the previous years and and i know just people weren't really coping with it because you had the you had the mindset of like let's move forward i need to take care of this but a lot of people were like shit, i'm screwed i'm like or they're like hey i have to wait until everything goes back to normal like i can't do anything when in reality you can but you have to just look for the opportunities so how do you think that how do you think you became that way
1: well you know i've I've lost a lot of friends and family through covid mm-hmm. um you know i my husband he is you know he works in the medical field mm-hmm. and he basically i was watching him and mm-hmm. he basically has always been there to motivate me and watching him get up in the morning go to work and i was scared i'm like you're gonna get sick because he's a lot older than i am and you mm-hmm. know and in the news, they were saying, you know, if you're older, you get it. And we had this conversation of, um, we he sat me down one day in the beginning. He said, you know, he, you know, he's in his 70s, and um, and he said, you know, just to let you know, if I am gonna get it, I'm not gonna make it. I'm gonna die. And I was like, no, there's no freaking way you're gonna do that to <laughs> yeah. me. And and I was taking, let calling my kids and said, you guys can't go out. You can't go see your friends. Mm-hmm. You can't do this. And how dare you want to go out with your friends? Because my mm-hmm. daughter's like, I want to go see my friends. And I started getting aggressive and being really strict. And I'm like, mm-hmm. wait, I don't want to instill fear in them. If I do that, then they're going to think that I'm going to die if I go out. Mm-hmm. you know. And I just had to like take a step back and say, okay, yes, it's a possibility that if my husband does get it, he could get sick. And you know, he may not make it through. However, I don't want to put that fear in my kids thinking, I can't have fun because of my dad and my mom. I don't Mm -hmm. want them to die, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I think that, you know, we had the scary conversation. We do have to face the fears. We do have to have those conversations as parents Mm -hmm. and then find something positive to push our way through. Because if we don't, then we would have been stuck at home doing nothing and, Mm -hmm. you know, be afraid to go out i mean my daughter who's 21 she still has that fear but slowly she's going out Mm -hmm. and um i think if you just communicate and and talk about it and not ignore that elephant in the room and and discuss what's going on and taking the precaution it 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 helps but you know every day i woke up i'm like okay i can't go near my husband we we had separate rooms for the Mm -hmm. longest time because i did not want to hug him i didn't want to kiss him i didn't want to do anything because my fear is if i Give it to him. I'm like, oh my god, he's he's gonna get sick. So every time mm-hmm. he would come home and cough, I'm like, are you okay? You know, mm-hmm. are you uh, do you have a fever? So it, it's it was scary, and but I needed to make sure that you know I, I didn't think like that, and it, and you know it, it was tough, but you know we had to get up every morning, go through the same routine as if mm-hmm. nothing is wrong, and but deep down inside, I know I was scared to death, and so was he. Mm-hmm.
0: I can, I can relate to that, too, personally, because I think for the first few months I was I was getting, like, really, like, irritated and angry at people that I knew that were going out. And and I was just doing as much as I could to just stay at home. I was working from home um, and that was a part of luck, though, because I know so many people that, like, even though they were trying to do their best, they were still in a position where, where they had to work. So I, th- I think that's that's really great how how you how you took as much precautions as you could and you were still working at at Yamashiro regardless you were doing takeout correct
1: yes yeah
0: yes. yeah i remember we were talking about that when i was over there and yeah i mean you you did as much as you can especially for your husband's sake and everything um did he happen to get it by any chance during the whole uh, pandemic
1: no he um he Although he's in the medical field, Mm -hmm. he was really scared. Mm -hmm. He closed down his practice for, um, I guess for like 30 days. Mm -hmm. Then he went back, but he did the double masking. He Mm -hmm. did, I mean, we had sanitizers all over the house. Mm -hmm. We had alcohol. I mean, yeah. you name it. I mean, we went to the grocery store, we wiped everything down. I mean, you're talking about hysteria. We were all like, Hey, you gotta wash that. You gotta wipe this. You can't touch mm-hmm. that. You can't, I mean, but um, you know, it, it, it he, you know, he kind of uh, schooled us on, you know, you, as long as they don't sneeze on you, as long as you wear your mask, as long as you wipe your hands, mm-hmm. you know um, you know, we were fortunate enough that no one in our family had it. Mm-hmm. Um, then you know, he was able to get vaccinated first and okay. then us. So it was um yeah, no, we were we were lucky. Uh you know, we took all the precautions and it was it was my husband and I th- were the ones that are going to work and all of us basically quarantined in our own room. We stayed in our own rooms and no one basically we didn't socialize. We'd say hey and do air hugs, high oh. fives and mm-hmm. all that stuff. I mean we you know, we did what we had to do at home
0: as well mm mm-hmm. Um. yeah, I mean, like I said, it sounds like you guys did everything and especially with your husband being in the medical field, you guys knew exactly what to do and, and you guys were as prepared as as you guys could. Um, I mean, I, I wanted to ask you this as well uh, at least from your perspective, how was the uh, at least for your family, how was like the overall like mental state because there that, that's a huge side effect of the whole pandemic mm-hmm. as well on top of it being extremely serious there's also the potential where it, it could damage people's mental health because we're not socializing anymore. We're not, we're not going out anymore. We, we, we it almost feels like we're in a jail cell in short. Um, yeah. yeah I, I mean, how, how are you guys doing? Like mentally speaking?
1: Mentally. I mean, we communicated a lot. Uh-huh. Of course, you know, you, you're all in one house and everyone's mm-hmm. screaming and yelling at each other. You know, we've seen each other every single day and, <laughs> yeah. um, But I think it's because both my husband and I worked a lot, my my oldest son works, uh, you know, because, you know, with the uh, Filipino family, uh, we all live in the same house, whether you're 30 or 40, you know, you're living at home. Mm -hmm. So, you know, so we all stayed here and um, my oldest son and my husband, they worked together and then me. So it was my youngest and my daughter that stayed home. So Mm. because they were home all the time, it kind of got them a little bit more anxious. But, you know, being home together, coming home, making sure that everyone's okay, I think it was just more that the fact that we were all healthy, we were all all safe, Mm -hmm. it helped us um, cope a little bit better and that we knew where we were. I mean, my parents were live in hawaii so it was hard for them to come Mm -hmm. so communicating with them making sure that they were okay and you know we would get the occasion oh so and so Mm -hmm. passed away through covid and you know that was the most depressing part of you know what we're dealing with right now Mm -hmm. um so it's pretty much just just making sure that we know where we are and we we knew that we were going to come home and and we communicate a lot and we didn't take anyone's frustration and start turning it into like you know you know when you get a family argument you don't talk to anybody
0: yeah so i, I you, do that
1: <laughs> you, blow, you know you blow up and you call each other names yeah and we didn't take that seriously because we knew what we were dealing with we knew what was happening mm. and that it was a result of that so we basically you know told us ourselves that okay, no, we're dealing with something that we don't know how to deal with it. So Mm -hmm. let's not take it seriously. Let's all just take a step back and understand what we're going through or try to at least understand and Mm -hmm. and not make it into a big thing. So I think it's because of that, that we managed to, how do you say, stay sane Mm -hmm. a little bit and keep focus. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I mean, it's, it's, you know, a lot of these, places you know there's no jobs you're you know my daughter had to quit work or she couldn't work and you know mm-hmm. income wasn't coming in and you know you're like how are we gonna pay for this or can we make make rent or can we make the mortgage how about the car payments it's mm-hmm. all of that you know that my husband and i had to deal with on our own and not express it to our kids like oh, we can't make this or we we don't have enough oh. money for this or you know those are the things that most families had to deal with and mm-hmm. how can you ask a family or how can you ask people not to worry about that it's it's difficult you know
0: Mm -hmm. i think that's a really interesting thing that you bring and i think and i think that's really important because i i've thought about that before from like a kid's perspective when i was younger obviously but it's like my like we didn't really have much like growing up like as kids Mm -hmm. like we we had to like move around got kicked out like of houses a few times but my parents made it seem like it was like nothing, and that that experience that in turn like made it more more fun for me, and almost felt like an adventure, even though like it was its own hardship. So I, I really really commend you for that because yeah I just I mean that 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 that's so tough as a family to keep that composure, especially when like well like well, like you were telling me like during the COVID um the whole the whole time frame of that because it was scary it's like can i do this can i pay the car can i pay the mortgage i'm like you have all these things worrying but it's like it doesn't do any good if you can if if they have to think about it if anything it just makes the situation worse so i i I, i'm i'm really stoked that you did that honestly yeah you
1: know you know it's it's hard because you know you have parents or you have in, in a crisis like this you have families that are oh, my God, we can't pay the mortgage. How about the car? Worse, you know, what can we eat? And, mm-hmm. you know, your kids are there and you have younger ones and then they start worrying and they start like, oh, can I order this? Or what if I just yeah. not get order McDonald's? Or I won't ask my parents to go get this because, you know, we don't have any money and it's just trying to, you know, although my husband and I are like, hey, what are we going to do? How are we going to make this? Our decision was let's just make sure that they don't see that we're, here, screaming and thinking oh my god what's going to happen to us mm-hmm. you know we just had to keep the composure as if okay we're going to get through this as a family it's it's not just us it's everyone else and it, it, it it's difficult because you know you're you're used to living this certain style where you know you're able to afford things and all of a sudden just it's not even just in within time it's like it progressed from one day to we're going to shut down for two weeks to you're looking at four months and then, you know, you have bills and it's stacking up. And mm-hmm. what are you doing? And your office is closed. You can't go to work. You're taking a pay cut. I mean, it, it's crazy that you won't go crazy. Mm-hmm. You know, how do you prepare for that? we Nobody was prepared for that. And still now we are still going to the same thing.
0: Mm-hmm. I actually did want to ask you that as well. I'm, like, I'm not asking like for specifics or anything like that. But did you have to take like a pay cut during that time frame?
1: Yes, we did because you know you're looking at Yamashiro is a big restaurant yeah. and it's
0: a scenic restaurant.
1: They come for the view. Mm-hmm. So c- having three or hundred to four hundred reservations, at sometimes five hundred to one sale, it does you know it it was difficult. So mm-hmm. it was a decision to whether you get laid off or take a pay cut and and i did and for me i'm not going to say oh no pay me my full salary because Mm -hmm. i deserve it because you know i had to adjust the restaurant had to adjust and and for the company to believe in me to Mm -hmm. run it while we were closed a chef that had no experience had little experience to run a big company i was just grateful that they entrusted me running the company You know, with just myself and someone else and Mm -hmm. and and trying to come up with ideas to keep the restaurant going and keeping it relevant that, you know, we are still here and Mm -hmm. and I was willing to work with no pay as long as I had a job, as long as I get to do what I love to do and being able to be there. To me, it it kept my sanity. It, It kept me being positive and it kept me uh not thinking the worst and at least some kind of normalcy for me mm-hmm.
0: that's a really good perspective to have yeah like you like you were saying just having that normalcy making the best out of a of a bad situation i i mean just to clarify for me on my end um you didn't become the head until uh was that during the pandemic or was it slightly before
1: i was um my I was executive pastry chef, and uh-huh. then six months later, I became the executive sous chef, which mm-hmm. um, was right underneath the executive chef mm-hmm. in in March. And then two weeks after that, oh. we closed. And then we, I was given the title executive chef when we reopened in June.
0: Mm-hmm. Got you, got you. Yeah, no, that's insane that you got put in that position like right at the start. How did? How did you feel? Because, I mean, like, I, I can only imagine being in that position. I'd probably be, like, a little, just, like, obviously try to make the best of the situation. But, like, I would probably personally just be, like, like slightly, like, shit. Like, why is this, like, now, you know? <laughs> like, that's at least um, me. <laughs> I'm like, damn, well, it's like, I, well, me, I have horrible luck. So, that would happen to me anyways. But <laughs> No, no, no. You know what? Um, I was, well, when I was.
1: When I was heading up the restaurant through the pandemic, I was like, okay, you know, they're probably going to get someone who's more experienced. They're Mm -hmm. probably going to hire someone else. So it's okay. I never really got up being the executive chef. I was like, Mm -hmm. okay, no, if they give it to me, that's great, you know. But then Mm -hmm. they gave me the title, yeah, you're the executive chef. Now I'm like, okay. So (laughs) here I am, you know, in my head, I'm thinking, oh, F well can i cuss here
0: <laughs> yeah oh you can cuss here as much as you want
1: <laughs> i said i was like oh shit oh fuck now i have to do all of this i have all these all these chefs had these amazing ideas mm-hmm. what the hell am i gonna do here i am going to my personal cookbook and personal recipes and i had to make the uh i had i redid the whole entire menu i mm. changed everything oh really i yeah no Nothing came back with the old menu because all the chefs that worked there were no longer there. I was the only one. And you had chefs that were working there for 20 years, 11 years, mm-hmm. longer um, longer than I have. And, you know, all of a sudden, darn, you know, what are we going to do yeah. or, or what's going to happen? And and here I am making up a recipe that is it going to work. And then when we did make the recipe, I mean, when we had the menu, we opened the next day. So I didn't even have time to plan it. So I'm like, oh, okay, wow. great. I'll have uh, my experience or my reality of being an executive chef is gonna be for one day and that's it. Yeah. You know. So it was it was crazy.
0: That is absolutely yeah. insane. Wait, um, how did you how did you make that so fast? Like, what what like I don't even I don't even know how to begin unpacking that one because it's like, how did you like sit down and you were like, okay, I'm gonna choose these items, these entrees these appetizers and, and and so forth how did you go about doing that because
1: well i i've you know i've always been a stay-at-home mom i i did a lot of catering when i you know when i worked i, I had my own catering company so basically i i had recipes mm-hmm. um i did cook for big parties it was just basically having to train um uh, the new employees while shut down i was working with recipes already right? While I was in the restaurant, mm-hmm. so I was able to basically put it together. But it's it's more like, oh great! Now they know that I'm the executive chef. Now it's the spotlight's on me. Mm. How the hell am I gonna transpire from this to this, and how am I gonna sustain this? And you know, people are not gonna like it. You're gonna have bad reviews. They're gonna you know uh, compare me to the chefs before or the dishes that we had before. You know, it's all of those. I mean. I thought I was going to explode. I thought I was like, okay, that's it. I'm done. I'm, I quit. I can't do this. But you know, it's, it's, it's a challenge that I accepted. It's a challenge that I took. Um, mm-hmm. it's a role that I just said, okay, you know, it was it, when I, when I used to throw parties for my husband, I used to buy chef coats and I used to have my kids call me chef. I used to Aww. play this role. Like I'm the chef. I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, now this is it. Now you have, I mean, given the opportunity in less than a year mm-hmm. and had being handed to you this amazing, iconic restaurant in Hollywood, mm-hmm. you know, you either do it or you just <clears throat> walk away and say, okay, I don't wanna do it. Mm-hmm. So I had to prove this to my kids and say, look, I achieved my goal, even at, at 51, mm-hmm. I'm the executive chef of a iconic restaurant mm-hmm. and I'm gonna do this and I'm gonna prove not to anyone but myself that just because you're a stay at home mom and your kids are all grown up and they don't need you anymore it does mm-hmm. not mean your life ends. You still have a whole life ahead of you. You're not done. You've mm-hmm. gotta finish what you wanted. You've gotta live the dream that you thought you lost. You've gotta be happy and I didn't wanna be a stay at home mom and mm-hmm. just go on Amazon, which I still do <laughs> and and order things Me or too. go to the mall <laughs> or you know, and I I just I pushed through all that and said I want my time I need my career I want my career Mm -hmm. I want to see how far I can go I want to see what I have and what it takes to be you know to live my dream and and see if I can do it and I'm 51 now I have the most energy I've ever had Mm -hmm. I get up every morning even though I'm tired my feet are aching my bones are hurting I'm like you know what I'm the executive chef and I'm going to mm. live my life as long as I can. If I have 10 more years with this company, I'm going to live it as if, you know, every day was my first day at work.
0: Mm-hmm. That is such a refreshing perspective. Like, I, I mean, I absolutely love that because it's like, you're never too old or, or in, in like if some people look down on themselves or like less than, than what they really are to achieve whatever it is you set your mind on doing. Like, I mean, it sounds like that. That's like the perfect, like, representation of like you manifested it right like you were just saying right. like call me chef like you you were doing everything you could already like prior to that and i think i don't know i'm just like i i fall in love with stories like this person because it's just like just don't give up like it's like do you want to live your life with regret or are you going to actually make it happen and that's something that you do that you did because so many people like i mean i, I like i just sounds bad almost but like there's people that i love that like they they already like that's it like i'm done i'm locked in i'm like you don't want anything more for yourself i'm like there's something that you person like love doing they're like no i mean there are some things but it's it's never gonna happen i'm like if you say it's never gonna happen it's never gonna happen say right. it's gonna happen the way you're you were calling yourself chef before and, and having your kids do it and then you'll be able to actually make it happen you'll make it into a re- reality and for example you have one of the best restaurants in la like it's, yeah. it's it's such a beautiful scenic place and like you're saying you're creating those memories that you had from when you first had your date with your husband and i think that's 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 a beautiful testament to yamashiro as well on top of that um i mean
1: I, I mean you know um i don't know if i told you when i met you but i was actually born in my grandfather's bakery you know in the philippines oh really so. Uh, yeah, I was actually born in his bakery, oh. and I lived in the Philippines. And we didn't have the luxury of what we have now. Mm-hmm. Um, we had, we lived in a it's called a nipa hut, which is made out of bamboo. Mm-hmm. And we didn't have a bathroom. We didn't have the running water. We don't have the refrigerator or electricity. Our refrigerator was the river that was across the street from our house. Oh wow! And we didn't have a, any kerosene. We didn't have any gas. So everything we was made to. Uh, whatever we cook we Mm -hmm. would have like we would have make our own stove so Mm -hmm. coming from that and my grandparents raising us and as my parents went to the to the u.s to to have a better life for us Mm -hmm. uh, it's i was always around people in the kitchen i was in my grandfather's restaurants and when my parents moved to the u.s my grandparents gave up their bakery to take care of us Mm -hmm. so for grandparents taking care of, you know, two young kids. Uh, and, you know, that was tough for them. And I saw all the hard work that they put in and then mm-hmm. I didn't meet my dad um, until I was six. Really? I didn't know who he was. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it was to come from where I came from to where I am now. For me, it's, it's a, it's a dream come true for mm-hmm. all immigrants that comes to the U S as a to have a better life because you know there were struggles, there were things that I had to go through, there were many challenges, but you never give up on yourself. You mm-hmm. don't do that because when you do that, then all your hopes and dreams go away. You know, despite the challenges that you have, despite whatever obstacle that come even now, mm-hmm. it's 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 the only person that can make you get to where you are is you. You need to make sure that you believe in yourself. Other than that, you know, everything will fall into place.
0: Mm -hmm. i think that's such a great story and i feel like i i've had like this like thought in my own head for a minute but i wasn't too sure but i mean i i feel like this kind of serves as a little bit of uh, i guess proof almost I'm not sure. I mean, everything's circumstantial, but I mean, I'm. My parents are immigrants as well from Mexico, so I'm like first generation. Like I was saying, like we got kicked out of like so many places, hotels, motels, and everything when we were younger. So, it it's oh my god, like that's that. I, I mean, I love your story because I mean, for me, I, <laughs> I, 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 um, I worked at a swami from like eight to eighteen, like every single weekend, rain or wow. shine. Yeah, I, I don't know if you ever been to the Santa Fe Springs swami. <laughs>
1: No, I remember those days. It's yeah, crazy. my husband used to work in swap meets too.
0: Yeah, so I mean, it, like I said, it it was tough as a kid, but like now looking back, like I feel like it taught me like just grit, determination, like just I mean, just learning about sales, just uh discipline. So I mean, it's it's stories like that that I love. It's like when you're becoming from from nothing, just and, and you have like that like that want for more because a lot of people. Right. it's i feel like the people that i was mentioning before they don't have that want for more and i think that's sometimes due to complacency but on the other hand as well that 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 pain in life which i think a lot of people do as well you can either play woe is me or you can you can change everything from from what you had from being born in a bakery to where you're at right now in your position and then and then from that as well, you're sitting in such a great role model for, uh, for both of your kids as well. And, and that's going to stream on to, to the future as well.
1: Right. Right. Yeah, no, you're, I mean, you're right. I mean, it's like, you know, we, it's the drive it's coming from nothing to, you know, experiencing, you know, the hardship and mm. living on top ramen because <laughs> you don't yeah. have anything to get you by. And, yeah. you know, my husband came here when he was 20 with only a hundred dollars to his name. And. He used to live in his car mm-hmm. for a while because he didn't have a place to live. And then, you know, he put himself through medical school at 40 and oh, wow. you know he worked. Yeah. And he worked through everything and to get to where he is now. And it's like you appreciate life. You mm-hmm. appreciate what you have. And if everything was taken away from me today to be back where I was, it doesn't matter because, you know, I have me. I have my kids. I have myself. And I, and I appreciate what i have but if it's taken away tomorrow it's okay because you know mm-hmm. i still am me and i'm not going to change because what is given to me or mm-hmm. what i can buy it's i still i know who i am and mm-hmm. i know what i am in this world
0: mm-hmm. yeah i i absolutely love that like honestly yeah i mean that's amazing yeah i, I relate to that so much um i my diff my top ramen was Seven Eleven hot dogs though <laughs> <laughs> no,
1: I, d- I got creative with my top ramen i would did sit- you you know, vegetables. I would try to make it gourmet. I yeah. put eggs in it. I just, you know, I was like, I, and then my kids, you know, they eat it out of the, the package dry. I'm like, how mm-hmm. do you eat it dry? Wait, really? Yeah. They used to eat it dry with just the, the packet. I'm like, what is that? I guess they <laughs> knew something I didn't.
0: <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't know how you could do that. Yeah. No, my go-tos were like, um, yeah, like Seven Eleven hot dogs or like Taco Bell or like two oh, yeah. like mcchickens yeah. <laughs> like something like that you know at least way back when like when i was trying to save because i i mean that i had a story similar to that i don't even know how to begin to imagine that for your husband like moving here with a hundred dollars live like I, I like just that alone like that scares me because I, I mean i've never been in that position but it's like and then on top of that to be able to pay for medical school like that's not an easy feat like that's extremely no. expensive
1: No, no, you're right. No, it it, it was difficult for me because I was listening to his story. He goes, yeah, there were times when I would go to – he used to work at um, the gas station. He goes, I'd take a shot at the gas station. I'm Mm. like, what? He goes, yeah, I'd sleep in my car, and, Mm. you know, I'd get up and do the same thing. And Mm. he goes, I didn't have the best grades, but he said that, you know, he used to work at nightclubs. Mm -hmm. And he goes, I looked at myself, and he said something like, you know, if my mom saw me, what I was doing now, would she be – proud of me so then mm-hmm. he gave up everything uh and he stopped being a bartender and then he put himself through school and you know he mm-hmm. started working for himself but you know it's it's and he did this at a later age the same age as me so it's like it's never too late to
0: yeah.
1: you know to do what you want you know nothing's stopping you you know mm-hmm. there's always a way
0: mm-hmm. exactly that, that's the mindset people need to have so if you're listening to this there's always a way like no matter what position you're like you're in i'm like you can always restart worst case scenario you just like let's say you go broke just keep building and building and building get more money just just stay just stay alive so you can keep playing the game and eventually as long as you're playing your cards right you'll be able to to succeed in life just don't spend it on stupid shit don't go on (laughs) i don't know drugs hookers whatever dumb people. I don't know. I, me, hot dogs. I mean, it wasn't the best for my body, but it, it saved a lot of money when I needed it to like go into school to like buy the equipment, to buy a laptop, just uh, a TV, just stuff like that, you know? And it's like, if you're willing yeah. to sacrifice it, you can, but a lot of people that I know personally, which I love, they say they want to break the cycle of having nothing, But their actions say differently, like they're always going out every weekend, they're always drinking, Um, or for example, like I want a better body, like you're not going to the gym, it's like there's there's so many things. I'm like, how are you going to become wealthy if you're not willing to sacrifice? In order to do anything in life, you need to sacrifice, at least that's from what I've learned.
1: Well, yeah, you, you have to put in the hard work. You mm-hmm. have I mean, it doesn't come easy unless you win the lottery or, I mean, if, even then winning the lottery, you know, you, mm-hmm. if you're not careful, you still lose the money as well. But, yeah. but you know, it's, it's pretty much you have to be determined. You have to have that drive. You have to have the passion. And you have to have, you have to set a goal. I mean, what is your goal? What do you want to be, you mm-hmm. know? Um, and I knew that I, you know, I wanted to be a chef. I went to school when my kids went to bed and Mm -hmm. you know i i did all of that Mm -hmm. and and even then after i graduated i'm like i'm not going to do this but then i'm like well what what why did i go to school then you know Mm -hmm. what what did i do that for and my thing is i'm telling my kids finish school go to college get a great job and here i am went to school but didn't do anything Mm -hmm. so i'm like okay i can't really force it upon them if i'm not trying to live my dream either Mm -hmm. so I did that and um I had some hiccups I mean Mm -hmm. I interned at a lot of these restaurants and you know I did all the hard work and it's not easy it was tough I'm like Mm -hmm. I'm I'm here at 45 lifting 50 pound bags of flour Mm -hmm. doing all the work that these guys don't want to do because oh she's the intern (laughs) let her do it she can finish (laughs) it and they're like they're in their 20s I'm like okay I get it this is initiation for me so um Mm -hmm. but in this i mean i'd wake up at four o'clock in the morning to go to work that early and come home have dinner ready take the kids to school in the morning it, it was it was tough mm-hmm. but you know it's just determination and making sure that you know one thing too is you have to love what you do mm-hmm. you know you have to love it
0: no yeah i i think that's something that's really important you have to love it you can't just you can't you can't i mean for at least for me like it's like what kind of life is doing something that you don't love working for someone that you don't care not 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 helping people in one way or another that that'll that'll make you happy as a person you know because so many people get stuck with like jobs with bosses that they hate and it's like i mean i've been in that position too and it's horrible it's the worst feeling ever like i i because th- you have a whole different perspective you love doing this like you, you get up and you do it you do more than 50 60 hour weeks like you're hustling and grinding regardless but for me when i was in my position like uh, like my old job i was only working 40 hours but i i genuinely hated waking up every morning i'm like oh my god i woke up <laughs> like, lord take me away
1: uh, gonna
0: go back to bed yeah i'm like i want to go back to bed i'm like oh i'm still here huh <laughs> and i'm like and i feel like a lot of people have that, like that mentality not not everyone per se obviously but I, i'd say like a decent amount of people because it's like how is that fulfilling how, how does that make you happy i mean i don't know about you well i mean it sounds like you do but like it makes me it makes me happy making you know, other people happy you're helping them out in one way or another yeah no no
1: it's true i mean it's like you, I used to work in retail. I'm like, oh, my God, I have to get up, get dressed and do all this. And I'm like, do the inventory, do that. Mm-hmm. And someone made a comment to me, because, well, it's your job. You're not supposed to like it. I'm like, no, that's not true. Yeah. I want to get up in the morning and have the same enthusiasm as if it was my first day mm-hmm. and enjoy the people that I work with. I mean, of course, it, you're going to every job, everything that you do in life, mm-hmm. there's always going to be some disappointments. Mm-hmm. You're going to have some issues. But it's how you get over that and how you uh deal with that Mm -hmm. that makes you a better person and makes what you know your what your day is and you know i like my husband always tells me every day is a great day you know Mm -hmm. i'm like how is that a great day (laughs) you have to make it great i'm like you know it it was hard for me to understand that until i saw him get up he has a lot of patience he deals with them every day they're complaining there's you know they're texting him they're emailing him and i'm like how do you deal with that he goes because I love what I do and I enjoy what I do. I enjoy talking to people and he goes, why wouldn't you enjoy your job if this is the profession that you want to be in? Mm-hmm. Why go through all that school and you're like, oh, I hate it you
0: know mm-hmm. I think that's a really yeah. I think that's a really good yeah, a really good point. And then you also made a really good point earlier when you were saying, that that you interned or like when you were in the beginning like you had to pay your dues quote unquote i'm like with anything great in life i'm like i mean you normally do have to pay your dues one way or another like you can't just be handed a position at the end of the day you do have to work for it so you are gonna have to struggle you're not gonna enjoy it but the what's on the other side is usually a lot better at least in my experience yes yes you you
1: uh you you do i mean it's it's uh It's crazy because I didn't think after all the interning I did and all that, the hard (laughs) lifting, Mm -hmm. hard, (laughs) I don't know, all the shitty things (laughs) that they didn't want to do, they passed it on to me. I'm like, I don't want to do this. I no. mean, when when I had interned at these places, I was like, I don't want to work in a restaurant, and that's why I didn't work in a restaurant for the longest time. And I opened my own catering company because I just I didn't want to put in the long long hours. I'm like, I'm not gonna do that. I don't wanna. I want I don't wanna spend time away from my family. And mm-hmm. then here I am, at this iconic restaurant, and uh, it's busier than ever. We, mm-hmm. I mean, it's like everyone's coming out to to see the restaurant, and um, I don't see my family as much as I used to mm-hmm. um, because it's crazy, it's been busy, um, you know, but I I get up every morning think, oh, my God, I actually did it. I actually, whatever I manifested, I, whatever I said I was mm-hmm. going to do, I did it. I, I'm, I'm here. I'm doing, I mean, what can get better than this? I mean, what what else can happen, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, I'm living the dream that I thought I could never – have and it's mm. just to be where i am now i'm just taking it all in i'm just enjoying life i'm mm. you know just taking it day by day because you know it can change tomorrow it can just say hey we're closed again and then, and then what you know
0: yeah yeah you're right uh, like i said your your perspective is is exactly what people need and i'm sure that some people listening to this will actually Take something from this whether they act on that act on it or not is on them But I know that it it will resonate with a lot of people like that's guaranteed Um, I want to ask you this as well. What's what's on do you have any other goals in particular right now? Or are you kind of just like embracing the position that you've gotten right now before you decide to climb the ladder again? Or is there anything that you have your eyes set on?
1: my goal has always been since I started uh, my career as a chef is to open up a center for kids, mm-hmm. uh, to have a cooking center or to show them or to help them guide through to a uh, culinary career. Because mm-hmm. there are all kids that want to become a chef, but they don't have the resources. They don't have the money mm-hmm. to go to school. Um, there were schools that offered, you know, uh, paid schools that offered uh, jobs or, or they would give you uh, a job after school, but some of those closed. Mm-hmm. And I just want to open a charity to where, you know, kids can come in, um, mm-hmm. get the proper education, get the proper tools, get the proper guidance at, to be where they want to be mm-hmm. as chefs. Um, because, you know, n- without the resources, especially now, it's, mm-hmm. it's so hard to do that. And uh, that's my goal is I love to teach. I've always taught kids and I, I've always loved to mentor. And I mm-hmm. want to let them know that, you know, i'm here to help and there you know there are people that want to help and and Mm -hmm. this is what i want to do i i mean if i can do that if i can stop what i'm doing and open a center and do that i i would be so happy because what kids need today is someone to to give them a helping hand and someone to believe in them and someone to Mm -hmm. tell them that hey you can make it it's going to happen i'll help you get there Mm -hmm. and that's my biggest goal
0: sometimes that's all kids need sometimes that really is because a lot of people like they'll always tell you like hey like you got this or you can do this but it's like sometimes you need like especially as a kid you don't know where to find the resources you don't know where you can go and i think i think that's a really like i think that's a really pure pure goal that you have for the future let's say like let's say there's somebody's listening that's maybe like 18 to 21 right how Mm -hmm. where would they what's the best way to start learning to become a chef like is there a certain school is it just youtube or uh what would you what would you recommend to them
1: the so what i would recommend is actually apply to a restaurant mm-hmm. that can um that will mentor you because sometimes people can't afford school i mean it, it's the price of schooling going to school is kind of it's it's high mm-hmm. it's ridiculous sometimes and sometimes they don't always send you to, they don't follow up with what, when they say, okay, we'll set, set you up into a place where you can, um, uh, get a job. But mm-hmm. sometimes that's, a, that's not, that's not always true. And the best way is go to a restaurant, apply there, have someone ask, you know, when they interview you interview the place that you're interviewing at, ask them questions. What are you going to help me? How are you going to help me get to where I need? Mm -hmm. Don't just leave it to that person to interview you, to give, you know, to ask you what you have to offer them, Mm -hmm. ask them what they have, you know, what they're going to offer you to advance your career because Mm -hmm. you know, it goes both ways, you know, they're hiring you and you're hiring them to be part of your life. Mm -hmm. So ask them that question or call me, (laughs) Ask me, you know, <laughs> what is the pet you need? I'm, I'll give you, you know, the honest truth. I mean, it's tough in the restaurant business. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if you have someone, a mentor that will help you, if you just open your mouth and say, hey, I want to get to this level. Mm-hmm. How do I get there? Show me. Give me the tools. And, you know, I will give you the tools that you need to succeed. because. That's all we can do. I mean, and then mm-hmm. once you're given that tool, it's up to you to determine where you want your career to go, how far you want it to go. And believe me, going into Yamashiro as the just a regular pastry chef to running the whole entire uh, restaurant within mm-hmm. a year and a half, its to me, it's still it's still a dream. I'm still living the dream.
0: Mm-hmm. No, yeah, that that is definitely living the dream. And, you know, I, I mean, to me, it seems like you're – a real mentor like you're actually willing to help people out but we're in a weird time right now with like social media and school and like you were saying like it's pricey but it's like how much real practical experience do they give you which is why you recommended like maybe even interning for a restaurant or working for a restaurant but it's like Mm -hmm. so many people are just trying to make like mentoring a business especially like on instagram and on facebook it's like they're trying to charge you a few grand for um for doing something like that and i i guess essentially you can too especially with your resume um but why why are you so open to like putting yourself out there to helping people because i know so many people aren't like they want something in it for them as well
1: Because I came from nothing. I know what it's like not to have something. And you want something so bad and you don't know what to do. Mm -hmm. And then you basically, you go to take another direction. And then you're much further away from your dream. And you're like, well, you know, I wanted to do this, but I don't have the money. So I I opted to do this instead. It's just, you know, and then you're not giving yourself the actual chance to be where you want to be mm-hmm. and then you know it, it, it shouldn't be that way to me i have the dream that i want and the gift that i can give to somebody is a mentor them show them and help them mm-hmm. you know i when i had my catering business i didn't even charge you but i did it for fun because my husband said you do it for fun just do it for fun and <laughs> i i did that i would just donate everything to any charity that they had or whatever mm. my services at school. I mean I was like, hey, you want me to cook for you? Let me cook for you. Let me bake for you. That's yeah. how I was. And 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 the thing is it shouldn't have to cost money. It it if I can teach someone for free, I will. I mean, there's no, you know, I I, I don't know. It just I just believe in helping people and mm. to help someone it's not getting back anything in return. It's like I'll do this for you if you do this for me. No. Mm-hmm. It's it's back to the topic of being kind kindness is the most important thing helping somebody is the most important thing if you can lead someone to the right direction of the path that they want to go to or take then that's the reward that's the payment because you help them and you were able to be a part of their success that's the reward that's your payment that's how it should be
0: Hmm. yeah yeah i i i literally can't even object to that that's exactly how it should be but so so many people are just gonna like try to offer mentoring like mentoring courses and all and i think that's why you're a real gem and i mean on behalf of anyone like listening um or even myself just just thank you for being you like thank you for not like letting life change you into somebody that you could have been because i know it's really easy like on the path of life to to let something just Twist your whole perspective on the world for you not to be kind for you not to be so helpful And a lot of people do lose that on the way So I'm I I really want to thank you for that. That's I'm like, I'm literally at a loss for words because like I There's it's so hard to find people like you like a lot of people don't realize that but or they do but it really is
1: I don't think I mean, we're not perfect, you know, Mm -hmm. I make mistakes I make calls Mm -hmm. in my past I did things that maybe I should have but As long as you find yourself and say, you know what, that wasn't the right choice for me. I got to do it this way. Mm. As long as you catch yourself, as long as you, you know, you learn from what mistakes that you made and Mm. make it positive and or try to make it positive, you know, it's never too late for you to turn your life around and make the changes. You know, Mm. it's it all you have is yourself. You know, Mm. it's it's never too late.
0: I, I agree. Sorry. I wasn't sure if you were, if you were uh, done talking or not, but yeah, no, <laughs> it, it's, it's, it's never, it's, you're right. It, it's, it's never too late. Um, I, I did want to touch on this really quick before I let you go as well. You, you said you you have um family in Hawaii. Is that, are they still over there? or? Yeah.
1: My, it's my mom and my dad mm-hmm. and my brother, they live in Hawaii. So I haven't seen them mm-hmm. in over a year. Mm-hmm. Uh, my mom usually comes to visit us during Christmas and, mm-hmm. um, and the summer and so this past year she wasn't able to do that. So it was, it was mm-hmm. difficult on the kids, but um mm-hmm. you know, but I, I keep in touch with them all the time and uh hopefully, you know, I'm able to go visit them.
0: Mm-hmm. You know,
1: and and spend some time with them.
0: Are you planning on going anytime soon or is that still like up in the air since you're trying to figure everything out like with a restaurant reopening and all? Um
1: I don't know if I can do anytime soon because, mm-hmm. you know, it we are busy at the restaurant and my husband mm-hmm. has, you know, has been working six, seven days as well. Mm-hmm. So I'm most likely going to bring my mom back down if she's not afraid to come down mm-hmm. to visit or uh, maybe towards the end of the year. It all depends because uh-huh. you never know what's going to happen next. No, it's, mm-hmm. it's something happens, it closes or I, I don't know. It, it's just, it's more like a day to day thing now, you know, mm-hmm. trying to plan ahead is, it's kind of tough for me right now.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's, um. it's, it's very it's very tough with everything going on uh, so were they they were from the philippines and they moved to hawaii is is that accurate Yes. okay yeah
1: they uh my dad was in the air force and so he uh, retired in hawaii my grandparents were there so they retired there
0: mm-hmm. that's a, did you end up living over there with them for a bit or no
1: yeah i did uh every time that my dad was stationed to a new base, we would stop in Hawaii where Mm -hmm. my grandparents, because when when I was six, when I I met my father the first time, Mm -hmm. we lived, he was stationed at Hickam Air Force Base in Hawaii, so that's where we lived. So Mm -hmm. my grandparents, when they came to to America, they they moved to Hawaii, so that's where we stayed. And so I grew up in Hawaii. I was born in the Philippines, Mm -hmm. but I grew up in Hawaii, so every year that my dad was stationed to another base, we would Mm -hmm. stop in Hawaii for the summer and spend summers there
0: that's so cool i'm jealous i what's your favorite thing that you've done over there
1: in hawaii mm-hmm. uh i didn't go to the beach because i hate the sun i don't like the sun really i don't tan i don't lay it on the beach <laughs> but <laughs> I, <laughs> I love to eat I, I i would eat everything i mean it's a whole mm-hmm. gosh it's a lot of ethnicity a lot of culture there you name it i would just eat everything i think that's why i'm i am who i am or where i'm at today because mm-hmm. i just love food so much
0: yeah no i'm a he- like I'll, i can't cook for shit <laughs> but <laughs> like month like food food is the majority of where i put my money at i'm just like i am <laughs> like i love food so much maybe i should learn now that i'm thinking about it but yeah no i i've always been like a foodie i'm like i don't really like document it but i just like like experiencing like anything i can you know i i don't know but i i ask you that in particular because i was in hawaii a few months ago and i went by myself and i was like what do what do i do like i kind of just came like on like like i got my uh my negative covid test and and then i ended up going but i was like what do i do i kind of didn't come here with the plans (laughs) you don't
1: you don't have a plan to go when you go to hawaii you just basically do whatever it is that you want to do i mean Mm -hmm. there's so much to do there's so much so many places to go see and um i mean everywhere you turn it's it's a beautiful scenic view i i mean when i go home it's like i go home for the weekend and or i used to go for a weekend it's like there's not enough time it's usually Mm -hmm. you have family there oh you gotta come visit me by the time you finish visit mm. every single family, like, oh, I've gotta go home. So yeah. i spent time around the table eating eating good food, mm-hmm. having barbecues, you know. Um I don't even have time to go shopping. If I do go shopping to the mall, I end up at the food court eating everything at the oh food court. Oh my
0: god, yes. Yeah. <laughs> there's uh, a yeah. there's this one really good spot. I think it's a really basic spot, but it's really good. It was like a vintage like coffee shop. I don't know if you know what it's called, but they had like really like I guess, Instagramable, like, acai bowls and, like... All oh, co- wow. I forget what it was called. I'm, like, a little mad. But it was, like, a really good, like... It was a coffee spot, but they had, like, everything. And everything was, like, really, like... It was, like, beautifully presented. I, oh, whatever. It doesn't matter. But, yeah. But I, I, I didn't go with the plan. But it was still, like, a really good experience. And I met a lot of, like, a, like, a lot of friendly people um but i i don't know it, it was really i i knew I knew I, I knew I didn't mix in when i was wearing pants i was like all right i need to buy some more shorts
1: <laughs> you, buy, no. you never you have to wear your slippers yeah and shorts you know I, yeah
0: <laughs> i just i i opted in for black vans but i did see everyone with slippers i was like i'm messing up i'm like i'm standing out
1: <laughs> yeah you will stand out they know you're a, you're a tourist if you don't have your slippers
0: i know i'm just glad i didn't like because that was my big thing when I went. I was like, I don't want to disturb the peace. I'm just trying to enjoy the views. I'm just trying to... Because <laughs> I'm not trying... Because I've seen, like, so many people, like, like in regards from, like, people's perspective in Hawaii. Like, there's... um there's just people that are like leaving trash everywhere they're like obnoxious they're just like assholes like in short and it's like okay that's like my goal never to be here i'm like i'm not even from here i'm like i'm just trying to respect the place you know i was like i don't i don't want to have like any of that bad energy or anything but
1: <laughs> no everyone in hawaii they make you feel at home they're they're very generous they're mm-hmm. very polite you know they mm-hmm. they you know they love their island but you know they're they're very
0: very humble and polite people Mm -hmm. oh extremely polite and humble like for the most part yeah i was like this is so weird i'm like this is nothing like like socal i was like i like it i'm (laughs) like people here are like rude as hell i'm like i like like the like the like the 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 familiarity you know like the kindness like it's just like yeah. It's like, I mean, they treat everyone like family. Like I was like, I just felt like welcome there. I, even though I like, I, I, in my own head, I felt like I wasn't, but like when I talked to them, like I, I felt differently, you know?
1: Yeah. It's, it's fun. It's fun mm. being in
0: Hawaii. Yeah. It, it's, it's a whole, uh, it's a whole experience, but yeah, I, it I, is. I, I guess, well, I guess we'll end it on that note. Chef Al, thank you so much for your time. Where, where can people follow of course. you?
1: Um, I'm sorry.
0: What's that? Uh, where can people follow you?
1: Oh, they can follow me on Instagram. It's Chef Valerie with two L's. You know.
0: Yes. Okay. I'll I'll make sure I put that in in the in the description, and I'll I'll end this with with this really quick as well. I, I did forget to ask you this, but I I usually tend to ask this to every one of my guests. But what's the the best piece of advice that you've ever received?
1: That I've ever received mm-hmm. um, is you know from my husband
0: mm-hmm. is
1: that. But he tells me, because every day I I would, before I started working, I'd always be grumpy in the morning, get up like, what a, Mm -hmm. another day. And he just basically said, you know, every day is a good day. Mm -hmm. Be happy. Just enjoy life. And Mm -hmm. that's what it is. It's just, you know, making sure that every day is a good day and enjoy what you have. You Mm -hmm. know, that, that's, and that's pretty much what it is, you know, because Mm -hmm. you may not make it to the next day so mm-hmm. just enjoy what you have at the moment enjoy the
0: moment mm-hmm. i agree yeah when you mentioned that earlier i thought that was a really nice nice piece i was like maybe that answers it but i wasn't too sure but yeah no it's it's always that's how, that's what you need in order to get through the day otherwise i mean you you can make your perspective in life either the best or you can make it the worst it's it's ultimately but, up to you kind of like how you were saying yes, how your sure. life and your career is it's up to you
1: that's it's up to you yes yes but thank you for having me
0: of course thank you so much for your time and for your wisdom and and for your inspiration i i think it's going to resonate with so many people so thank you and i'll, I'll make sure to go ahead and tag you when this is uploaded okay yes
1: and then come and see me and i'll, I'll feed you and stuff you some more
0: i will i swear to god i was like i feel like Chef was my mom right now when i went when, when uh remember, when i first came call
1: me mom when you come that's what it is remember <laughs>
0: I will. Well, thank you so much, Val. You take care. Okay, have a good rest of your day.
1: Yeah, you take care. You too. All right, bye bye bye. Bye now.